welcome back to another episode of All Good in the Brotherhood podcast. I am Brother Francisco Whitaker, and I'm joined today by my brother and compatriot, Nate. Hey guys, how's it going? So today we're going to discuss the relationship between faith and science, or uh, reason. In the current culture, we kind of have this really strong push uh, for science, which is good and good. Uh, we need uh, to understand more and more about the world. Um, but it's also kind of by default been a push against any knowledge or any belief we have through faith. That if we can prove something by science, that's something we can trust and believe in. But if you can't prove it, it's not worth following. So we're going to talk today about what is the relationship between faith and science? Can they coincide or do they have to be diametrically opposed? Is there any way in which a Catholic can be strong, uh, or a Christian even, uh, strongly in support of scientific advancement? Or do we have to be skeptical and wary of it? Um, or can you be a person of science and still want to be a person of faith? So uh, we'll just dive right in. So Nate, why do you think we need faith? What is what is the root of faith? What what gives us faith? Something that you know we have. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess you would kind of predicate having faith about something. So you have faith in a given belief. So I guess the object from which we the object of our faith is generally something that we is revealed to us by God. That's what we refer to faith, um, particularly in like uh, our Christian faith. We have faith in um, what's been revealed, the the truths of the revelation. Uh, sorry, the the revealed truth of the resurrection or the incarnation. Those kind of kind of things. Mm -hmm. So the object of faith, I guess, or the root of faith, to use the word you you used, would be some divine revelation. Um, and I guess. On the other hand, the root of science would be um, the act of reason or the product of reason. So, you know, our intellect reasons out different conclusions from things we know. Mm -hmm. um, for example, like a syllogism, B is A, C is B, therefore C is A, yeah. something like that. Like we, we, we take things we know and we put it together and then we reach conclusions. And those conclusions, that's what we have science about. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the two roots of them would be, on one hand... Uh, for faith, the root of faith would be, I think, revelation, and the root of science would be reason, or the things we ha know through reason. Is one knowledge better than the other? Um, that's an interesting question. I'm, I'm also, I'm just kind of throwing that out there. I mean, I think, a, like, from a, from a person of faith, it kind of sounds like a biased answer to say, right. well, yeah, knowledge from God, revealed truth from God is better, but... Uh, on the same token, he's given us our reason to discern what is true. Um, so it's hard for me to imagine them being like almost the sort of things that you could compare as, oh, this is better than this yeah. for, for everybody across the board. Because I feel like some people are naturally endowed with uh, the gift of faith. Some people are a little more skeptical, and so uh, reason helps them better. But I have a quote here from um, St. John Paul II, the last pope, or two popes ago of the Catholic Church. Um, and the quote goes like this. He says, faith and reason are like two wings on which the human spirit rises to the contemplation of truth. So I like that idea that it's, you imagine like a bird with two wings. Obviously you can't say that either of them are, are better, more important than the other, mm -hmm. but you, you need both there. 
So we do need faith. Um, some people think they could just get by by through reason. Um, we do need faith, but we also definitely need reason because you can't just be purely someone who relies on, um, oh, I'm just going to kind of blindly trust mm-hmm. things that have been revealed to me. You got to kind of think for yourself when, I guess, the opportunity demands it. Yeah, yeah. And that leads us well into, okay, so um, we need both of them. But what happens if we try to disclude one from our life? So if we're either people of just faith or people of just reason. Um, and I think you're seeing actually both of these kind of coming really strongly back. Right. Uh, in the more secular culture, you're seeing a lot more of the pure science, uh, rationalism, yeah. um, empiricism, uh, rationalism being the belief that we can only come to truth and the uh, through something uh, that we know by reason. Uh, and anything outside of that, uh, if we can't know it uh, by syllogizing, by coming to a conclusion through prove, proof and through reason, then it, it, you can't know it for sure and it doesn't necessarily be, isn't real. Um, empiricism is the idea that um, we come to know everything through our senses and that if we can't experience it in our sensation, then we can't know it. Um, so there's definitely a more push for that in the kind of the scientific realm right now in the world. But I think in some places in the church and in Christianity, a fideism is kind of rising again in opposition to that saying like, oh, don't trust science at all. Right. Um, God has revealed everything we need to know at all. Uh, just purely tr- uh, believing only what the Bible says. Um, anything outside of the Bible is wrong. You know, people like, uh, you know, seven-day creationists. Well, the Bible says it created in seven days. Even a scientific <laughs> scientific evidence gives us pretty verifiable proof that the Earth is more than, you know, a couple millennia old. More than 4,000 years old or something. Um, yeah. That they're like, well, that's what it says. Um, and I have to believe exactly what it says. It's like, if your faith denies what your, your reason or what science can tell you is true, then your faith isn't right. But if your science seems to contradict what God has told you is true, then your science is off. Right. Yeah, I think they can obviously operate harmoniously where, um, again, ultimately the object of both faith and science should be some kind of truth, whether it's revealed divinely or whether we reasoned it out through logic. Either way, the object of both should be some kind of truth. Um, and so yeah, it'd be wrong to refer to them as, as being like exclusively um, opposed to one another or diametrically opposed because they're ultimately ordered towards the same end. But you, like you were saying, with either fideism on one hand or rationalism and empiricism on the other, you get a danger when you think you can um, reach ultimate knowledge of truth by just uh, faith or reason, or rather faith or science. You You have to use both. Yeah, so what are some of the dangers then? So, okay, so a dangerous of a, a fideism, um, well, are like... Superstition, for one thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and and having to just believe, like, blindly, um, I mean, God doesn't want... And it also reduces the human person, I feel like, to more like an animal. If you say, If all you can believe is what God has shown you, you're kind of saying, well, the reason that God has given me isn't worth a whole lot of anything. Right. Um, that only God's truth is uh, what I can know. And um, I feel like that just kind of reduces the human person to be just like kind of a robot. Mm-hmm. Um, that nothing that you can think or come to of is worth anything and of yourself. 
Um, right. And I think one danger that people probably don't normally think of with fideism that I've thought of is um, it's all, in a way, offers a more subjective view of truth because it's subject to the individual person's um, kind of interpretation of some divine revelation. Oh, that's true. So, for example, with the Bible, uh, you almost need to, it can be carried too far, of course, but you need a little bit of an understanding of scientific method, at least linguistically, when you're, say, reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like, if you look at a word, maybe you don't think about it, but maybe the translation is not the best word, or maybe it means a certain thing in, in kind of its original Greek text. Uh, that you don't get out of it. And so a person could look at the Bible, read something one way, uh, and think to himself, well, faith revealed this to me because this is the Bible. I, of course I can trust what I read. And they, they're not looking at it with any kind of um, even slightly analytical or critical view that science would give them. They're just looking at it immediately at face value, what they can see. And so they could reach the wrong conclusion even from a faith point of view just by not mm. looking slightly critically at some sort of, sort of revelation. They yeah. just look at how they think of it. Yeah, now that makes sense. And the Bible even says that when one approaches the word of God, that you should do it in community. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, if you're the only person and you you interpret uh, something from the Bible and you say, well, this is what it tells me and I have faith in that, you could be totally wrong. Right. Um, and guess what you're doing? You're denying your reason's ability to sort through what your faith is telling you. Right. Um, so that's why, you know, fideism is certainly bad. Uh, an over abundant uh, i guess well, i don't yeah in excess yeah in excess trust in pure reason yeah um rationalism um there's lots of problems with that um and the first problem is that um human reason is by nature faulty so uh i mean plato gives like a super basic example but if you stick uh, a stick in the water um it looks bent right. and your senses are telling you that and you come you could come to the conclusion oh when i stick a stick or wood in water in water it, it bends, bends it right but no <laughs> that's your light or that's the light that's bending right what you're seeing um it's an optical illusion right? you need it, if you just trust it in faith you could be like i guess that's what happens um but your reason might be telling you that too mm -hmm. that like oh this is what happens uh and that's just faulty right. um or, yeah, there's a million and one different aspects of uh, empiricism that can be drawn out too far and pose lots of just dangers to us knowing anything. Because, yeah. um, like we said before, empiricism is the idea that we can only have knowledge of truth through experience with our senses. So, just for example, one that came to mind is someone goes farther away. We know that objects diminish with size, that yeah. their appearance does. You could think that someone on the horizon is actually a tiny, like, one-inch tall person <laughs> yeah, until right. you get close to them and you realize they're, you know, a normal height person. Like, there's so many ways in which if you look at the world only within purely em empirical, experiential kind of view, you miss out on truth. Yeah, and, um, two with, with a rationalism, uh... And this idea of like just reason and empirical research um, feeds into a potential uh, reductionism, which reductionism is the idea that uh, we can kind of know the whole based purely on what the parts tell us. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, a molecule of water is made of hydrogen and oxygen. Um, if we know all the properties of hydrogen and all the properties of oxygen, reductionism would say i can tell you when they combine what the properties of water are but guess what it doesn't because water uh is fire retardant 
whereas oxygen and hydrogen are both very flammable. Mm, right. And oxygen and hydrogen are both very unstable, whereas water is like one of the most stable substances on Earth. Mm-hmm. So, but if you follow just pure reason, you would kind of say, oh, well, if hydrogen is A and oxygen is B, oxygen or water would just be AB. Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's not. It's C. It's a completely different thing. Right. Now, we have science that shows us that, but we had to observe that contrary to what our initial reason and calculation would have told us it to be. Yeah. Well, now take that a step farther. If you, if you follow this rationalism, which could lead to a reductionism, and do that to the human person, now you miss out something way more. So I could say, okay, you, Nate, are the combination of all of your internal organs, your biological processes, your brain functions, even your the workings of your mind that give you a consciousness. You have all these parts. So put them all together. That's Nate. Well, no, there's so much more to you right. that I can't calculate by just simply adding A plus B plus C plus D. Yeah. Um, but that's what rationalism, if it falls into reductionism, could lead us to. Whereas if you bring some faith into it, you understand that, well, there's a soul in you. There's something beyond that is greater than just the sum of who you of your individual parts mm-hmm. that who you are isn't just what you're made of um and that's why faith can help right there um and also you mentioned empiricism earlier how like senses can deceive us senses also can only go so far so we can't sense uh an, an abstract thing i can't right. sense generosity as mm-hmm. an idea yeah. like there's i can't lick it i can't taste it but we know it's a thing because yeah. we observe it. Well, right. if we're just talking about generosity, which is a thing people still do, what about things totally beyond? People say, well, you can't see or know God, so he can't exist. Why are we limiting God to something a human person exists when we know we can't even sense a virtue or something right. someone feels? Yeah. Um, so that, that can be an, an issue, certainly, with them. But no, that's very true because... Sorry, no, go ahead. no, no. I was going to change tracks. So well, I was just going to say one danger is that empiricism, um, we know that we can only have empirical experience of um, particular things. Yeah. So I, I would agree with what you're saying. Like you can't empirically experience generosity for one thing, but you can't even really experience um, uh, the forms of things. And by that, I mean kind of a sort of a idea that comes up in Plato a lot. Um, for example... Um, what it means to be a cat yeah you don't really actually we we assume we know what cats are but we don't really experience that Mm -hmm. we experience individual cats like we we can pet a cat and we we see it's got whiskers and it's got fur but you can't really experience empirically in some sort of just through your senses um the universal form of what it means to be a cat Mm -hmm. or what it means to be a human or what a you know what a house is or what a forest is we kind of have particular examples of that that we see but you can't, in some sort of purely um, sense experience way, you can't you can't experience uh, like really what a thing is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you can't really. It's almost like there's a small amount of faith that has to go into that. You you see different cats, and you you from that you deduce okay, there's this sort of thing, a form that we can call a cat. That 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 seems a little bit I know heady and kind of a weird tangent, but no, I just no. think it's important to bring up that empiricism. Uh, or purely rationalism, uh, where we just experience things and, and think we can only know things through our, our personal uh, reason reasoned out experience of them, that keeps us from actually uh, having s- 
knowledge of universals. We only have knowledge of particulars. But it's really cool how that they work. If you work, let them work together, then then you see what you're gaining. Because so you said rationalism kind of takes away universals. Um, well, faith, if you just have pure faith, it takes away particulars too. Mm -hmm. um, by our experience of particulars, we can come to conclusions about universals, right? Um, if we have kind of something recognizing that there's something beyond just our sensory experience. We have yeah. to have faith in that truth, that there's something beyond what I experience. And that's saying I have faith in universals. Right. But we do only experience them through particulars. So we have to rely on our reasons, the experience with particulars, to inform the idea that, okay, so these are our particulars I have. Maybe there's a universal. And that faith then kind of guides that universal to mm -hmm. reality. So we need them both. And that's why... Um, kind of reason then how do they work together i think that's really then what we should move to if we're talking about well they they seem if you only have one or the other they it's not really good but can they work together yeah you already mentioned what pope john paul said two wings which ascend to truth um faith kind of gives the goal towards which reason pursues um so if god has revealed truth to us let's say the truth of the trinity right god says all right tr the trinity boom mm -hmm. it's a thing we believe in it great but faith doesn't tell us any remote way how, how in the world there. the trinity is possible yeah. we just believe that it is so for some people that's you know it's it's harder to get there but what does reason do it doesn't answer it completely because it can't because mm -hmm. it's a mystery and reason pure reason doesn't like mystery that's why uh scientists often tend to be atheists or agnostics because they can't deal with the idea that mystery could be still a reality but reason could at least help us start walking towards the I, this truth that right. of the trinity so we get the language of persons we yeah. get the language of substance mm -hmm. language of accents we start explaining these things that we know by faith through reason right and i think one huge example that we see of that in the history of philosophy is thomas aquinas yeah where he dealt with all kinds of mysteries in his, his book summa theologica um, he dealt with all kinds of mysteries related to faith, but he produced immense quantities of knowledge that we can have almost necessarily about them just through reason. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, just different things that you can take that where uh, you look at something and you, and you know, okay, Revelation has shown us that this must be the case. Well, maybe I can't fully understand how that could be the case, but I can get a start. Like you said, start yeah. moving towards understanding or um, start trying to get a grasp on how it could be the case rather than just that it is the case we know that it is the case because faith says so mm -hmm. and reason can help us to understand how yeah exactly and that's where they they really like save each other is that okay if we just rely on reason as we said reason can be misled faith kind of keeps it on track well by keep by being on like a steady path uh Reason also keeps faith, as you said before, from superstition and myth. Just, just kind of believing, well, this is what's revealed and I can't know anything else. Or this is what someone told me is revealed. Exactly. Before. By using, letting our reason kind of engage with these things that have been revealed to us. Yeah. I think we start actually having a stronger faith because mm -hmm. it's not blind. It's saying, I now have some more verifiable proof mm -hmm. that maybe I can't know 100%, but maybe I can know 75%. Yeah. That's way better than saying, I know zero, and I just have to believe that I know 100%. Mm -hmm. um, that's why uh, that's re reason really can lead us towards God. And, you know, Aquinas says that we can come to, 
a knowledge of God purely rationally. Hmm. Yeah. We can even come to understand what attributes of God, his omnip- uh, omnipotence, his omniscience, um, by reason. Mm-hmm. But it is faith that then says, who is God? Yeah. We can, we can talk about what God is, what, what he might have based on reason, but who he is, and we need a revelation of. Mm-hmm. So that's why you know they, they really do work together. Um, and if, if we deprive ourselves from one or the other, we're depriving ourselves of a full experience of, well, our human person, but right. also of God. Um, he gave us both. Mm-hmm. Since God is the author of both, and that's, that's, why, that's where you know, Pope John Paul, as you mentioned, he wrote in his encyclical, Fides et Ratio, that's how he starts with, if God is the author of both revelation and of the human intellect, so where you reason, they can't be against each other because right. then God would be the author of a contradiction and God can't contradict himself. Right. God is simple. He's, he's all about unity. And so obviously the different ways he sets out for us to reach him also must be harmonious and united, including both reason and faith. One thing I want to point out, though, is... Um, like, I really like what you've been saying, and I like what you said, that uh, faith is kind of sets out a goal for us, and reason kind of helps us on the path towards it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were saying that earlier. Um, but one thing, I, I really like that image because it's almost like nowadays you hear very often in our secular culture um, reference to science with like a capital S yeah, yeah, as yeah. an end in itself or as an object or kind of as a an arbiter of, of truth. You know, you say, I, I just saw an ad the other day. It was, it was really random. It was for dog food, I think. Some oh, yeah, kind of I've dog that. food that's very health, healthy and nutritious for dogs and said, science did that. Or you hear about, um, you heard about this a lot during the pandemic. Um, on both sides, you people would say, oh, you just got to follow the science. See, so one person would say masks work. One person would say they don't. But no matter what, people kept using this phrase, science, follow the science. Um, you need, just need to brush up on your science with like a capital S. As if, as if science itself were kind of the core it just encapsulates all truth. Yeah. No, science is something we have about something else. So science is something that leads us towards God. It's something we we have science in our intellect about some truth. Science isn't outside of us. It's 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 a human thing. Yeah. It's a human way of reaching towards God. Um, I just wanted to point that out because I think I see that as a kind of a dangerous effect of this popular rationalism you're talking about is that we see science as such a reliable um infallible kind of judge of whether a thing is true or not we almost get to a point where um we don't question it ever yeah we we, which is the opposite of science we're being unscientific about science at this point where science should be the product of reason and thinking things out but now people almost you you throw around the word science as a way to um silence others who want to actually question some issues more than they've been questioned which is unscientific and which is kind of funny because that's the exact critique of rationalist people on the church and those who have faith is that, oh, well, you're just told to believe it, so you just believe it, um, and you're not allowed to question. You know, some people say, well, I left the church because, you know, I had questions and, and people just told me to be quiet. And I and there was a period of the church where that's kind of how people oh, definitely. acted. Yeah. But, but if you look at the centuries of the saints – writings Mm -hmm. they're tackling the same things not because they like have it figured out and they just want to you know indoctrinate people but because because they're they're wrestling with it yeah and they're trying to figure it out and they're trying to use their reason to explain things the church it doesn't condemn questioning Mm -hmm. the church condemns 
the idea that, well, I know better than God. Right. But no, it doesn't condemn the idea of like, well, I don't really understand this, so I'm going to search it out. Right. That's encouraged. Yeah. And science should encourage that too. If I give you like, all right, this is my verifiable evidence. This is concluded that this happened. Like, you can't question it. Some Another scientist, it's actually the duty of other scientists right. to go and prove that person wrong. Right. They're not there to prove people right. The goal of science is to prove someone else wrong. To be kind of a devil's advocate. To make sure that they did it correctly. Right. That's the scientific method is trying to, con you, you test a hypothesis over and over again until it becomes a theorem, until it becomes a scientific law, and it's it, then it's, we know, to be true. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it really is remarkable that, and kind of ironically, you said that so many rationalists point out the church in, in the quote-unquote dark ages yeah. as being um, kind of the institution that would tell people, if we say something, you cannot question it, and you can't ask questions. No. That, um, aside from often the oftentimes being false, like you said, that is actually now what many rationalists are doing with capital S science. Yeah, yeah. If, if the, uh, the experts say this, if the experts in the scientific field say this, don't even bother trying to think about it yourself. Don't question it. Just kind of accept it almost superstitiously. It's which again, like we said, is unscientific because at its core, science um, we get the word from the Latin word scientia, which just means knowledge. So if you don't have knowledge about something that is uh, so-called science, mm -hmm. then it's not scientific. It's yeah. it's kind of a misnomer. Yeah. But I guess in a, in a way, this might be a little tangential. The point being <laughs> that um, faith and science are harmonious. Um, you can't have one extreme um, at the expense of the other. You can't just be a fideist and say, oh, we only need faith. We only can trust revelation. On the other side, you can't be a pure rationalist uh, and have real truth where you just say, no, we're only going to trust what we experience with our senses and what we can see through a microscope. We're not going to trust anything from revelation or anything metaphysical. Yeah. You can't go to either extreme. You need a harmony of the both. Yeah, and I think to conclude, you know, since our podcast, we try to talk about the transcendentals. Um, how do they fit into this, I think, is that, well, as we said, that you know, empiricism really kind of loses the universals. So you can't, we can't think of something beyond. And that's what the transcendentals are. And you know, we said that they're beyond. They're also something that, you know, are in reality, in all beings, from the lowest level of a rock, even to God, they apply. Um, but we, we need faith to believe in these transcendentals because they're beyond us. But we need reason to experience them. Yeah. Because I don't just experience beauty abstractly i experience beauty in a sunset mm -hmm. um, i experience beauty in our nephew and niece you know i experience truth and goodness through people and things or they say music. exactly sense experiences yeah. yeah so i need the sex experiences to get an understanding of them but i only know that they're there because i have like a faith in something right. beyond me so I mean, you know, if you're, you know, strongly opposed one way or the other to what we're talking about, well, the transcendentals are, like, mo most important thing, like, for being. Mm -hmm. Like, they're in the nature of all beings. And if we are, you know, too much a fideus or too much an empiricist, we're missing out on the full expression of being. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just detrimental uh, right. because we can have a more full life uh, if we let ourselves experience the transcendentals fully now we can experience them in particulars but if we grow to understand and see them in all things and see that okay there's objective beauty mm -hmm. there's objective truth there's objective goodness i can see and reason through it and then know okay that aligns with it or that doesn't align with it right i just think that's better for us it is
that's that's how our minds are supposed to work. We ex- we experience, like you said, a sunset or a, a beautiful orchestral piece. We experience some sort of particular, and and we ha- we know that through sense experience. But then it's always about pointing to something universal, something bigger, the beauty, goodness, and truth, which we call the transcendentals. Yeah. And ultimately, uh, we need faith and reason to have access to those. Yeah. Well, sounds good. Yeah. Um, we, thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, feel free to email us with any questions or to uh, DM us on Instagram. And we look forward to having you again with us in the future. Take care. God bless. Thank you.